Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Needham, and my wonderful wife will be joining us shortly. We are going to be talking about what we are experts in. Janet and I both, um, we have a passion and we feel it's our purpose to educate people about hormone replacement. Um, we've been doing that for over 23 years now, and we love what we do. Um, hormones is such a broad subject. Uh, traditionally, when we talk about hormones, we really mean sex hormones. Um, but what does it do? And what is optimal versus normal? And what should you expect if you go on hormones? Um, what about weight loss? We get that question all the time. So we're going to be um, diving deeper into that um, today. Um, first of all, what I did want to um, give a little introduction or just a reminder that we stream live on Facebook normally, although we're restricted on Facebook right now for something I supposedly posted or shared. Not sure what it was. So we can't go live on Facebook, but we do stream the YouTube live onto my personal Facebook page. So that's a reminder. Go to the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy YouTube site, um, subscribe to it. A comment on it, please let us know. There's over a thousand educational videos on everything from hormone replacement to sleep to exercise to diet, um, all those subjects. So, um, and here is my wonderful wife. She is showing up so we can discuss hormones. And what we were discussing, Janet, was um, what to expect when they go on hormones, um, optimal versus normal. We haven't talked much about that yet, but that's what we're going to talk about. So, why don't we discuss first of all? Um, optimal versus normal hormone levels. I have to think a, a patient um, or a friend on Facebook, really, and she's been on our podcast before. She's not really a patient, but she was asking me some questions about hormone replacement. And I thank her for um, asking about this subject and saying we should do a podcast on it because although we see this all the time, um, I, I, we, need to, we need to really go over it again because it's worth repeating. She went to her primary care doctor and he said he's not a hormone specialist and he's a great doctor. He's been on our podcast too, actually. And um, he basically said that her, her, normal, her levels were all normal. Her hormone levels were all normal. And we hear this all the time that, oh, well, you're normal. It must just be in your head or whatever. Fortunately, he's a great doctor. And um, I did send him some information. And he reached out to me and I sent him some information and he just said, you know, this is not my specialty. I'm going to refer you to a, a specialist in hormones. So that's what she is doing now and going through that process. When she got her labs checked from the specialist, of course, her hormones were not optimal. So Janet, do you want to um, tell us about optimal versus normal hormone levels? Well, first of all, we need to really back up slightly because when we treat patients for hormone replacement or medication for that matter, we don't treat a lab value. We treat a human being that needs a response in their body that's therapeutic. So many times we get this little snapshot in time that's like a picture snapshot of something that happened at a particular moment in time. Remember, that's a moment in time. That does not mean that that is um, optimal for certain um, medications, hormones, or throughout the entire day. So there's a lot of different things that go into whether somebody really is therapeutic or having optimal levels of a medication. It's not the snapshot. So here's where we get tied up in healthcare. We, we want that picture. We want 
to say, okay, this is where you are. And that's why we have clients that say, hey, I'm not feeling very good. This isn't quite working. Um, and, and we need to treat that patient. So as a provider, we need to remember that uh, patients are not um, all the same and we don't always have that same, same snapshot. So um, what is optimal and what is normal and what it falls in um, a, a lab range are could be many different things. So sometimes it depends on what we're looking at. So the first thing would be, um, let's just talk about thyroid. Thyroid testing for thyroid has not always been around for a long time. In fact, we've talked about this before in our podcast that they used to um, give clients armor thyroid and then check with the patient to see what how they were feeling and what they were doing because they didn't have lab values. Now we have all these lab values and we're still kind of lost as to what that means. So my definition of optimal means that a patient is getting an outcome that is healthy for them. So I numbers are good. They're, they're tools. They're places that we can go to see how somebody's going along. But we still need to have your symptoms and whether they're improving, getting better or worse. So we have to treat the human and get the conversation going as to whether or not what is happening right. is really good or not. And that should be true with any medication. For sure. And labs are just a tool to go right. along with symptoms and history. And Jan and I have been doing this long enough. When we interview a patient, it's almost like, well, we don't really need to check your hormones, but we do just to see a baseline. But you know what's going on. If they're having hot flashes, they have low estrogen. Probably depending on when they're at, where they're at in menopause versus perimenopause. If they're having any kind of cycling issues, it's probably low progesterone. Um, you know, so you can already tell that. So you just kind of get a lab to verify it. But then again, let's say that that woman is still cycling. Let's say she's perimenopause, but her cycles are all over the board. She cycles one month, doesn't cycle another month. You might check her progesterone, and you just happen to catch her during a time when she cycled, and her progesterone will look normal. Right. Well. But that doesn't mean it's normal throughout the entire cycle and or month to month. There, there are many women who even per definition, the definition of postmenopause is you have ceased to cycle for 12 months. That's a strict definition of postmenopause. But yet there are many women that they don't cycle for 10, 11, 12 months, and then all of a sudden they cycle. So there again, we have to treat patients, not lab levels. That's what's really, really important. Right. And the other thing to keep in mind too is that labs are not always accurate because some things depend on time. Like for example, if I had somebody's thyroid checked at the end of the day, I may not really care so much what their T free T3 level looks like because I know it's going to be in the tank. It's going to be low because it should be low. So, you know, there there's some nuances that need to be paid attention to as to whether or not that lab value is important or good. So again, we have to look at what's happening with the client, when the lab was taken, how it was taken. So we get this all the time with testosterone in males. Well, I had this level drawn and it's here, but they had it drawn how many hours after the fact or at the end of the day. So of course, their levels are low. Yeah. So when did they take their last dose, whether it be thyroid or whether it be testosterone? So on that same subject, that's why you need to go to a specialist in hormones because they not only order the right labs, 
Right. But they also know how to interpret it. So if the lab looks like it's high, let's say you're on testosterone, the lab looks like it's high, but you just took your testosterone, then they're not going to automatically say, oh, your testosterone's too high. Um, we need to decrease your dose. Or um, conversely, if your um, T3 is looks really low, um, but you haven't taken it for 24 hours and, and you're on thyroid, T3 thyroid, then they, they, they know that you're just basically back, back down to baseline and they're not going to probably change your dose. You probably just need to take the medication and see how, how, what the lab is within a couple hours after that. So labs are a tool to go along with symptoms and history. That's why it's important to go to a hormone specialist. And many times if you don't order the right labs, they're going to look normal. Right. Um, so it's important to go to a specialist that knows how to interpret the labs and um, which which labs to order. So let's talk about, I know we labeled this um, presentation today or this podcast today, hormones and weight loss. And, and we're going to talk a lot more about that. We, we already have, but expectations of when somebody goes on hormones, what should the expectations be? I know we talk about weight loss a lot. We get that question a lot. Janet, what are the expectations when it comes to weight loss and hormones? Well, first, it depends on what needs to be balanced and, and to get into to where that picture is going to come about. Um, and we see people all over the board at different ages. So if, if it's a young person and they have PCOS, then we have to deal with their... their um, their deficiencies and excesses before we can expect weight loss to happen. Um, and, and that's really important. And that's why specialists are important because um, when we have somebody that has excessive estrogen versus progesterone or excessive testosterone in their body, then it, all the things that we throw at them, it's going to be very hard until we get those balances there and met. So it depends on who and where they are in their life and how that looks. And it could be also um, many times we get women in their 40s and their thyroid is off. So we need to balance their thyroid before we can get those um, things back in line. So the picture looks different depending on where we are in life and what conditions that somebody may have. Um, a male, for example, in their 40s that starts gaining abdominal weight and their thyroid or their both their thyroid or testosterone are low, if we can get those levels into an optimal range, then weight loss is easier. It doesn't mean that we can't um, have to change other lifestyle things, but it does increase the patient's ability or the client's ability to achieve the goals they're looking for. Correct. Now, it does not, just like Janet was saying, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just reiterate that. It does not give you a license to eat all you want and not take care of yourself. Hormones are a piece of the puzzle. Right. And when anybody contacts me and one of their first goals is to lose weight with hormones, I just bring them down and, and just and as honest with them. I'll ask them some questions. But the most important thing, as always, as it always has been, as we talk on this podcast um, over and over again, the most important thing when it comes to weight loss is your diet. So that's most important. Now, now hormones can be a piece of that. So how can they be a piece? Well, let's say this. Um, for women, if they're having hot flashes and they're at night sweats and they're waking up at night constantly and they're not sleeping well, well, that is obviously not very conducive to good health. Right. And if you, it's going to raise your cortisol. Right. It's your stress hormone, which makes you hold on to fat, makes you hold on to water, makes you hold on to all this stuff because you're in a stressful mode. Um, so that's not good. 
The great news is, is that hormones can help you sleep. If you're having hot flashes, there is no reason to have hot flashes. And by the way, just to let you know, you do not lack an antidepressant. There's some antidepressants out there, Effexor, that is prescribed for hot flashes. That is crazy. That is not fixing the problem. That is treating a symptom, which we're very good at in traditional medicine. You don't lack that drug. And that drug, trying to get off that drug is like trying to get off crack, by the way. It's very, very difficult. You get addicted to it, literally. So you need hormones. So the great news is, is that hot flashes are one of the easiest things to treat. There's really no reason within seven days your hot flashes should not be almost completely eliminated. That is going to help you sleep better. That helps you sleep better long-term. That can help you just have an overall healthier life and f- and follow that circadian rhythm that I've talked about constantly. That our bodies are made to be in a in that in that diurnal rhythm. Um, so you sleep at night and you you're up and active during the day, and our bodies are meant to do that. And you can um, be healthier that way, including um, be more of a act of a um, ideal body body weight. Well, when we talk about stress hormones and cortisol, we have to remember lifestyle plays a part in whether we are stressed or not. So activity and sleep, correct eating, correct balancing and hormones all come together. So you can't, like Sean says, you can't just take one piece out of the puzzle and think it's going to work. But there are many things that we can do along the way to make those levels um, healthy. And optimal levels of cortisol look different for everybody, but they should be higher in the morning when we get up and they should decrease throughout the day and to our lowest point when we're sleeping so we don't keep waking up throughout the night. Now, all these things do work together in body like a symphony. We we are not just, you know, turn the switch on, turn the switch off. So there are adjustments have to be made. So when we talk about hormones helping us with weight loss, we really have to remember that if you're in a state of stress all the time, and like Sean said, you're going to store weight, um, it, it could be a lifestyle issue. It could be a hormone. So that's why it's important to have a professional help you and kind of weed out where the problem is and where it lies and then talk about labs because many times we get people in and they're already a wreck, but we can help them with small things and those things improve and then we can start really looking and digging in. And let's talk about sleep. Um, we see it all the time. Um, and what, what typically when women get to be in their forties, fifties, they start having more irregular cycles, they start having poor sleep. And so what do we do in a traditional medical system? We prescribe medications for insomnia, whether it be Ambien or whether it be benzodiazepines like Alprazolam, whatever the latest and greatest drug is to help induce sleep. But that's not, why were you sleeping fine when you're in your twenties and thirties and now you're not, um, well, it's probably from a lack of hormones. Anytime you have a cycling type issue, progesterone, progesterone, progesterone. So your cycle is becoming more irregular. You should be on progesterone. If you're, if you're not sleeping well, it's probably progesterone, uh, especially if you're not cycling. So um, I'm a big believer in oral progesterone. Oral progesterone, when you swallow it, it actually goes through your liver first called first pass effect, and it is metabolized into what's called allopregnitolone. And allopregnitolone is a neurohormone, a neurohormone to help modulate GABA. GABA is an inhibitory neurotransmitter in our brains. We actually, there are many traditional drugs prescribed to help modulate GABA. Um, and it helps to, it's inhibitory. So it helps to slow your body down, slow your mind down. It helps to normalize cortisol also, our stress hormones. So progesterone is very, very important to that. So 
for that. So oral progesterone, very, very important. Many women will report that the first night they use oral progesterone that they slept better. So sometimes taking medication um, can make levels skewed too of labs. Um, that's one thing that we see a lot, especially with young women when we're trying to regulate their cycles or PCOS, or we get women that are almost in their 40s and they've been on birth control for the most of their life. Um, the lab values aren't very good. And I, I can honestly tell you, I personally don't care what that lab value is because I know it's not going to be very good. And it doesn't really matter to me because it, it's not going to change my approach to how I would recommend treatment. So sometimes it depends on what somebody's on as well as to whether or not that value is important. And it might be better to get somebody started on some type of therapy and then visit them along the path of seeing where their levels are as they have, you know, discontinued the birth control or the medication that's that's causing the problem, um, because those lab values are really a waste of money, wouldn't you say? I mean, yeah, absolutely. I get this question all the time. I was at um, dinner with a doctor last week, and his receptionist was on birth control and wanted to have her labs checked. Total. Her for hormones, total waste of money. If you're on birth control and you want to have your um, hormone levels checked, many doctors will do it, but it's a total waste of money because it, it 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 totally messes up all your levels. So it's it's it, they're worthless. It's completely worthless. Waste of time, waste of resources. Um, you have to be off your birth control for at least eight weeks, depending on the birth control. If it's like the Depo-Provera shot, even longer than that. But like Janet says. Once you go off them, you kind of know what you need to do anyway, probably. So um, you don't have to wait for those levels to, to return back to completely normal because it might, like Depo Provera, it might take months and months and months, sometimes years for some women. Right. right. So things that can really make a lab bad um, the wrong test, we get that a lot with thyroid, the timing of the test interpretation of the test without any symptoms being uh, reviewed or storyline of what's happening with the client. So we're not, we're treating the lab and not the patient. Um, other medications or even food on board, there are some labs that food will skew. So there are a lot of questions that we need to, to you know, look at. But also, um, we never test healthy people. We test sick people. Right. So when we're talking about optimal and weight loss and we're talking about optimal health, it would be probably the best idea to have lab levels when we are in our optimal health and, and are healthy so we can look at something. So I think we are still in the sick model of where we test people when they're sick. And I know there's places where that applies and it's okay, but um, you know, I'll throw men out there. Um, the lab range of what a lab will say is normal for somebody is like off the chart low versus up here on high. And so to me, it depends on your age and what's appropriate for your age or what is appropriate for when you were your healthiest. So again, that's why a specialist in hormone replacement is really important because they're going to look at those kind of things and say, okay, well, I'm not going to say that 100 or 300 in a level for a man is good when he's um, 65 or 70. I'm just not going to accept that level. Where a primary might because they've been told that that level, yep, you're good. Yeah, let's just uh, um, 
focus on that for a little bit. So let's say a normal, which is kind of true of, of some labs, a normal, we, I will not even worry about the units, but a testosterone for a man, normal is like 250 to 850. That's a normal. Anything over that, it's too high. Anything, if you got 251, let's say you're 45, 50 years old and you got a level of 251, well, that's normal. That's normal for, for this lab level. That doesn't mean it's optimal. Right. And let's say this, remember, the top of the range was 850. There are many men that in their 30s, up into their late 30s and early 40s even, and that's about when the hormone levels of men start to decline. Of course, if you checked an average 20-year-old or 19-year-old man, their levels would be sky high, of course. But there are many men in their 30s and 40s even um, without supplementation, so they're not on testosterone at all. Their levels are in the 1200s. And you know what? You can usually pick out these men. They're usually just muscular in general. It's easy for them to put on muscle mass. Um, and and their levels are in 1,200. So you're telling me that when somebody gets to be 45, 50, and they go into a, a traditional doctor, if that person came in there and their level was like 1,200, that's going to be too high. But when they're in their 30s, it was okay and they weren't even on supplementation. That, again, is why it's important to not only get your levels checked early, to know where you are when you're 30s or 40s, when you're doing well. And so when you get into your 50s and your testosterone levels start to start to go down, you're like, okay, well, wait a minute, doctor. My level is 400. I don't feel good. When I was 39 years old, my level was 1250. I want to be back there. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's why it's important to know how to, what labs to order and how to interpret those labs. And age is not really a factor in my opinion. Here's a great story. I get a call from a nurse and she calls me and she says, oh, I, 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 think, I think you put too much testosterone in this, guy's, in this guy's cream. His level's up to like 850 and he's like 83 years old. That's way too high for an 83-year-old. After telling her to take a deep breath, Calm down. And I said, so how's the guy doing? Remember, he's 83. She says, oh, he hasn't felt this good in 30 years. Seriously? I mean, we're complaining about a guy because he's 83 and he hasn't felt this good in 30 years. And we're complaining because his testosterone might be too high for an 80-year-old. So when is it When is it too high? When they're 80? It's okay. But when they're 81, it's not okay? I mean, seriously, if we have an 83-year-old and they're feeling that good, Let's just keep doing it. If I was 83 and some doctor tried to take that away from me, I wouldn't be very happy. So I think where we really need to, you know, bring this all together is optimal in my mind means it's a level where you feel the healthiest without side effects. So that's important. Um, We don't want people to feel sick either because too much is just as bad as too little. Um, So the right answer is where that client feels the best and their body is healthy. Now, what does healthy mean in our society right now? It's all over the place. But honestly, I think when we have clients that are moving forward in a healthier lifestyle, I think you start seeing that within your client. And that's why it's important to have time to sit down and actually communicate with one another as to how your client and the patient and the and the provider are seeing that goal of becoming healthy and being in a healthy lifestyle goes. And that can be very different with each individual. And we are all made differently. Everybody's body um, absorbs, uh, utilizes, and takes things in differently and gets rid of things differently. So the correct answer is it's optimal for you. 
not everybody else. And that's why it's really important to have somebody on board to help you with those things. And that could be just as much as even like blood pressure, for example. My blood pressure runs lower than Sean's, yet his activity level is much higher than mine and he's still healthy. So we can't throw each other in the same box. It doesn't mean that my level is bad or his level is bad. It just means it's appropriate for that individual and where our goals need to go for somebody to be optimal or healthy. So we have to be careful about what we throw out there as like, okay, I want this goal or that goal. I think it depends on each person, just like we've talked about with lifestyle, food, sleep, all those things. What's optimal weight for somebody is all going to be different. And so labs are different too. So I think that has to be a deciding factor in each person's healthcare uh, goal as to where that should lie. And that's going to have to happen between um, patient and practitioner. Yeah, for sure. We are not, we're not all created the same and labs are a tool to go along with symptoms and history. They're not black and white. So, you know, some, back on the testosterone story, the normal is 250 to 850, let's say, you know, there might be a 50-year-old man that he does better when he is on, when his level is 650, 700. And why? Maybe when he was in his 20s and 30s, that's where he ran. Whereas another guy um, might not feel as good until he's in the 1200 because maybe when he was in his 20s and 30s, that's where he was running. So um, that's why it's important to have a, a healthcare professional that specializes in hormones, knows what hormone levels, labs right. to order, knows how to prescribe them, and knows how to interpret the labs so they don't get too confused with um, you know, one or two high or low levels. They know how to really interpret them based on timing of medication if you're on them, based on timing of hormones if you're on them, and um, just the lab draw in general. And also they need to be able to um, interpret what you are communicating with them because many times that's maybe the missing factor. It's important to me how somebody's feeling and how they are doing because, um, again, that snapshot may not, it might be just a lab error. It could be just an anomaly. Um, so, you know, it really comes down to communicating with one another. And I think that's one thing that's been missing in healthcare for a lot of years is that communication factor. We need to be able to take the time to say, okay, is this important? Why is it important? If not, how do we interpret this and move forward? And I have a lot of clients that will say, I went in and, you know, this is how I'm feeling. I'm feeling really good, but the lab says this. And I'm like, okay, well, let's ride it for a little bit and let's talk about this and see what the next lab is. And a lot of times it, it's, it's fine. And on that note, if you are, as a woman, if you're seeing a healthcare professional and the first thing they want to do is prescribe estrogen and that's the only thing they want to do, and they don't want to um, talk to you about all the other hormones and go somewhere else. Right. Um, there's a, I, I posted a short video the other day about this subject, but there's kind of a, a joke in medicine about how we treat women. And it's not really a joke. It's sad is what it is, is that, you know, less than 40, they give birth control pills. That's another thing too. If you're having hormone related issues and this practitioner wants to prescribe um, birth control pills, go somewhere else. If you're over 40 or over 50 now, whatever the age is, and you're having hormone issues, they want to give you a hysterectomy, go somewhere else. 
Um, your hormones can be balanced and you will feel better and still have all your parts. Remember, you can't get those parts back. So um, it's important to go to a healthcare professional that knows about hormonal placement. And of course, if you have any questions, you can um, call us here, message us here at the pharmacy, Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy. It's what we do. We specialize in hormones. Janet and I are experts in it. We talk hormones all day long to patients and healthcare professionals all over the world, actually. And we love what we do. We love educating and empowering our patients um, or individuals in general to take charge of their own health. And hormones are a piece of that puzzle. Right. And if you feel like something's amiss um, and your gut is telling you, hey, I think it could be, you know, maybe it's my thyroid or maybe it's this, you know, sometimes we really have to run with that because a lot of times we are, we put our intuition aside. And um, if somebody says, oh, you're fine and you're normal, well, that may not be the case. And so, you know, speak up for yourself. And if somebody doesn't want to listen, then go somewhere else. I mean, I've done that in my own healthcare when I was told, oh, your thyroid's fine. Well, it wasn't. And I'm glad I went somewhere else. Yeah, absolutely. So Janet, how do you want to end this podcast? What's the, what's the most important tidbit you can ha- tell our listeners and viewers out of this podcast? Be your own advocate. Do your own research. Look for people that are actually going to take the time to listen to you and help you interpretate whether it's labs or symptoms and just don't take no for an answer if you think something's really amiss. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I can't stress enough that enough. I mean, at Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy and on our Health Solutions podcast, our goal is to educate and empower individuals to take charge of their own health. And part of that is, I'll even tell people, it's like, you know what? Don't trust me. Do your own research, please. Um, you know, and you you have to be your own advocate. That's what's that's what's so important to take charge of your own health. Um, so that wraps up our podcast today. You don't want to miss out. Because speaking of taking charge of your own health, Robbie Raw, she is a nurse. She's going to be on the podcast Thursday. I'll be talking to her briefly um, about her book and about how she changed her um, career in healthcare, being a nurse, because she felt that she wasn't, her patients weren't getting better. We hear that a lot. That's what changed my career in pharmacy. I, you know, dispensing regular medications just didn't seem to be fixing people. People just kept getting sicker. So um, I made a change in my career and um, I love to see that other healthcare professionals are doing that. So don't miss out. It's actually at a a little bit different time. Usually our midweek podcast is 8 to 9 a.m., but it is 11 to 11.30 Pacific Standard Time um, this Thursday. So you don't want to miss out on that. Um, And as always, I thank you for listening and tuning into our podcast. You've been listening to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Thank you.